Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Undo Anxiety Podcast. I'm Dr. John Duffy. I am your host here, and as always, I sincerely appreciate you protecting some time to join me here. Um, and today, I thought we'd talk a little bit about the president, because the man's just not getting any headlines. Uh, he's just not getting any airplay. It just doesn't seem fair. Um, all joking aside, I, I realize I think about the president a lot. Um, I am reading the the Wolf book, Fire and Fury, um, watching CNN and MSNBC and Fox News. We, I think, collectively have this obsession with the man. Um, we're looking at Twitter feeds. We're forever looking at headlines. I find that I am watching the New York Times and the Washington Post. What What's going to happen next? What's he going to say next? And I, I probably made it reasonably clear that I am not a huge fan of this presidency. But I think part of the problem is we're focused too much on this man. And he's drawing way too much focus from us collectively. But it's it's hard not to look at the, the train wreck that's happening right before your eyes. So I, I'm conflicted about even recording about this issue, and yet I, I can't stop myself in a way. Um, and I'm going to walk a fine line with a nod toward the Goldwater rule that suggests that I, as a mental health practitioner with a license on my wall, really shouldn't say much diagnostically about a person I have never met, um, and that's fair. So I'm going to try to talk around that a little bit. But I want to say this. I don't hate Donald Trump. Um, I feel for him, really deeply feel for him. I am virtually certain that there are deep, unmet needs that drive all that bluster and that ego and the crap that he says. Um, I, I'm, I'm talking to you in the wake of the s-hole countries comment um, that he made just yesterday. And it feels like there's something like that to talk about virtually every single day. And so a lot of us, I think, um, especially if we lean politically the opposite way, uh, want to vilify this guy. It's not that hard to do. Um, he gives us precious fodder on the daily. But in a weird way, I, I find myself grateful to him because he has opened my mind politically. I think back to the conventions um, and, I'm sorry, the uh, debates. And there were this ridiculous number of candidates, 17, I believe, um, at one point on the dais, and, man, my mind is open to a lot more of the other 16 uh, <laughs> now that, now that we, we end up with the one. But I think this guy has such deep, unmet ego needs. And that's what we're seeing day to day to day. It is so sad when I remove myself from the fact that he holds a lot of life, lives and life and um, safety in his hands. So I actually feel badly for him. I really think he needs help. Um, and I don't know if help would even help 
at this point. At 70 years old, you get deeply ingrained. You surround yourself with, with people who support your point of view or your point of view wavers depending on who you're with. Like I noticed that I don't think this president has a platform. I don't think he stands for anything other than I want people to applaud me. I need so badly for people to like me, to love me, to think I'm the greatest and the best. And that has to be derivative of unmet needs that go back 68 of those 70 years, you know? So I don't know what happened in this man's childhood. There's conjecture about it, but something didn't happen that he needed to have happen. I'm certain of that. And that's where narcissism comes from. That's where this deep ego comes from. It comes from a belief, not that you are the greatest, but from this fear that you're not, this fear that you are not good enough, not even close. And so in order to circumvent that fear, you, you attend to any stimulus that suggests otherwise, and you cling to it with everything you've got and you talk about it, and you tweet about it. This was the greatest meeting that anybody has ever seen. Um, this is the biggest attendance ever um, created by an inauguration, right? Uh, ever driven by an inauguration. This kind of madness, um, this fire and this fury all comes from unmet needs. And so the problem with having someone like this in charge as opposed to just being on a reality show where it's kind of like mm, entertaining. And if we think back and we're honest about it, maybe even a little endearing, um, you know, because it's kind of a character in that context. And it's pretty harmless because, because he doesn't hold codes um, and lives and uh, the executive order pen in his hand at that point. But he does now. And... Um, and so um, I talk about availability a lot. Um, and I initially talked about it in terms of parenting. Availability is parenting as free as possible from the tenets of fear and judgment and ego. And um, in the wake of kind of stumbling upon that concept in my work, I realized that all our relationships, including our relationship to ourselves, relies on that fundamental concept that we are available and present to the moment when fear, judgment, and ego are by and large at bay. And think about our president right now. I think that man is filled with fear. I can hear that he's filled with judgment that's based out of those unmet ego needs. The media is not telling me I'm great, and I need them to do that. And ego, fear, judgment, and ego. And so, by definition, to my thinking, this man is not available to do the job we have hired him to do. That's the problem. And my thinking was challenged a little bit this morning. Um, I read an article by Robert Reich, um, who knows a lot about politics, right? This guy has served in a number of administrations. This guy has been in the cabinet with, I think, Clinton and Carter, maybe Ford. Um, so I think he's been on both sides of the aisle. Um, and he said, um, he was talking about the president's level of intelligence. And he said, don't take this for granted that he is not an intelligent man. 
And he said he's, he's not smart. He doesn't know much about much. That much is really clear. You don't have to read many transcripts. You don't have to analyze his vocabulary very deeply to come to that conclusion that in terms of raw intelligence, for a guy who went to Wharton, this is not the brightest guy. Um, fine, whatever. We've had other presidents that aren't necessarily that bright um, but have surrounded themselves with really intelligent people and, um, and knew something about the nature of leadership in the context of a country. Um, but what Reich was talking about specifically in this article was emotional intelligence. And he was suggesting that President Trump has this capacity for emotional intelligence. Not there, There's two components of emotional intelligence. One of them is this self-awareness, this ability to self-reflect. And he appropriately said, I think the president lacks that ability. And I agree with that. He refuses to self-reflect. And I really don't think he has the capacity for it because those unmet needs blind him to that. The need circumvents and surpasses that self-reflection because self-reflection would break him. It would break him because he'd have to look in and recognize, oh, I'm not who I who I thought I was, who I feel like I need to be, you know? Um, and that, that just doesn't work. But what Reich was specifically talking about was um, the second component of emotional intelligence. That second component is the ability to read other people's affect and manipulate that. And Reich was arguing, Trump's actually very good at that. And I was thinking, ooh, for some reason, I, I find myself stingy about giving himself, giving Trump credit for anything like that, you know? Yet, uh, upon a little reflection, I agree with Reich on this point. I agree that the president is clearly good at manipulation. 62 million people voted for this guy, you know? Um, he got a, a bunch of people to really buy into a, a platform that doesn't even exist, you know? Um, so... Yeah, I think he does have the capacity for that kind of uh, manipulation, I think, of other people and other people's thoughts and other people's feelings and this uh, presumption that he's a man of, of, of great power, you know, and he's gotten some people to buy into that, I think, in part because maybe some of them want to be in positions of power themselves, but in part because some people just buy into it. Um, so that's not particularly good news that um, the president has this capacity to get people on his side because, again, he's not available enough to have a side. He's not available enough to have a legitimate point of view. And that is the problem. That is why, you know, all diagnostics aside, I want this man to be out of this office. The 25th Amendment is there for a reason. And, and if he can get the help he needs, great. But it's a dangerous thing to have somebody who is not available and has that little component of emotional intelligence where they can manipulate masses of people. Um, it's, it's a dangerous firestorm. And, um, and we're not safe, I don't think, as long as it's there. And I think that's part of the reason for this collective obsession. And so I, I kind of want to just speak this all and get this out because I want to be done with it. I want to just get it out of my mind and into the ether. Um, and that's, I want to be clear that I don't think this is an evil person. I don't think this is a bad person. Um, I don't think there is such a thing. I think there are people who are deeply damaged 
and I think our president happens to be one of those people. And it's a super sad story, but right now it's a dangerous story to my thinking. And I really don't think I'm wrong on this point. So um, I, I think for the majority of us, the call to action is um, to speak our minds. That's what I'm trying to do now. And then to lead our lives, you know, because and to lead our lives as good people. Because if we over-focus on this, it becomes the whole nature of our entire culture. And and maybe we just become part of the nastiness of it all, the harshness of it all. And we're giving it back as good as it's given to us, and nothing productive ever happens. And we forget about the inherent goodness of people. And I don't want us to forget that. Yeah, that's too important. That's what I'm afraid is going to get lost in the morass of these four years or God help us eight. Um, so those are my thoughts. Um, I don't think I've violated the Goldwater rule here. Uh, I think I've walked a fine enough line. And um, this is the Undo Anxiety Podcast. I'm Dr. John Duffy. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I will talk to you next time. Have a great day. You can find this podcast online at iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, liveleadplay.com, which is affiliated with IPEC Coaching School, and WGN+. On my website, there's a free parenting program, uh, drjohnduffy.com. If you are a parent, I strongly encourage you to check that out. Uh, some really good ideas there. Uh, if you have thoughts or ideas uh, for this podcast or if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this podcast, uh, please email me at johngduffy at drjohnduffy.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the Undo Anxiety Podcast.